But we're, we're really glad that all of you are here with us today. Would, would you all stand just for a moment? And, and I want to mention to you that last Sunday evening, anytime uh, late afternoon or on into the evening, where we live in Westerville, our backyard and the sun does their thing. There, there's something about that combination of the sunshine and our backyard, and the sun is shining off the pine needles of the trees that that uh, ring all the way around our back and side yard. And as I'm standing there, it's, it's just like a picture postcard. And I know when we first moved in about four years ago, I, I fell in love with our backyard late afternoons when the sun is shining because I'll tell you, it's a great moment when we have an opportunity just to worship the Lord and just kind of soak in His creation. And that's what I did last Sunday afternoon, and I just told Carol, i got to go outside, and i got to stand next to the shed out there and just look across that yard and see the, a little slice of creation and just kind of just take it in. And I'm just thankful for the Word of God that is before us here today because David is kind of doing that. He's taking in just a, a slice of creation here. And I love the music of the church this morning, and it just leads so beautifully into Psalm 145. Now, it's somewhat of a, a lengthy passage of Scripture, and what I thought is that it would be a really great idea if we would just do a responsive reading here this morning. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the odd verses, that's kind of appropriate, that I would take the odd verses, <laughs> and then the congregation will have you do the even. So I'll take verse 1, you take verse 2, and we'll differentiate it by the ones that mine are italicized and then yours are uh, the bold. So we'll try to do this through these 21 verses together. But let's look at Psalm 145 here this morning. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. So that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he promises, and he's faithful in all that he does. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hands and satisfy the desires of the people. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. To all who call on him, who all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord, all of us here. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. And you may be seated. Father, we pray that you would just bless your word to your congregation here this morning. And would you speak in such a special way. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, always, always live for Jesus. You know, when it comes to my grandchildren, I used to be able to take them. I could look at my grandsons and say to them, you want a piece of me? Come and try to get it. And I could take them down. It was great. But, you know, those days are changing. I've got my oldest grandson now is 14 years old. He has size 11 shoes that he could stomp all over me. He's looking me straight in the eye now. So those days are pretty much over. Uh, speaking of the Millers being here today, they know Easton, our grandson. He loves wrestling, or should I say wrestling. And he loves to wrestle with his dad, and every once in a while he thinks he can do it with his papa as well. Well, about a year or so back, something happened that reminded me that the tables are turning. Ethan started coming after me, and my daughter, Lauren, looked at Ethan and said something that I've never heard before, but I know I'm going to hear it a lot more. You know what he said? Ethan, don't hurt papa. <laughs> don't hurt papa. I knew that the tables have turned. Hey, you know those uh, little Dick and Jane books, remember, See, Spot, Run, and all that? Well, there's somebody here that uh, I think we have a picture here this morning, and we're going to put this up here. This is kind of a play on those old books, but here, here's Grandpa, and he's kind of looking up, and it says, let's dislocate Grandpa's hip. Uh, there you go. Hey, we need to have a saying around our family, and I'm becoming more desperate for it. Do not hurt Papa. <laughs> Don't hurt Papa. You know, I'm wondering in your home, in, in, in your life, do you, have, um, do you have a favorite saying in your family? A favorite saying. Uh, we do. Ever since my dad started using it, he would use it on us kids. He would use it on the grandchildren. And it's an encouragement, and it goes like this. Always live for Jesus. Always live for Jesus. I, I thought about that when I read this fourth verse of today's scripture. One, gen one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Always, always live for Jesus. 
want you to think about that for a moment here this morning. And I, I've kind of taken that on myself. And I, I, I've used it with my daughters. And I've used it with the grandkids. And I use it with nieces and nephews. And pretty much I use it with anybody else that's willing to listen to me. And that's why you're here, here this morning. Always, always live for Jesus. You know, I look down through this passage and and when I was taking it in over the last couple of weeks and thinking about what King David was thinking about and putting myself in his place, I couldn't help but think of three things that are the design or, or are signs of God's mighty work. And I just share these with you here in the next few moments here this morning. His mighty acts, first of all, reveal his compassion for us. His compassion for us. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. That's what verse 8 says to us here today. I might have been around eight, nine years old at the time. And I was in one of those moments, I wish I could say it was the only time it ever happened, but I was in one of those moments where... I decided that I wasn't going to pay attention to the rules of the house. You know what I mean? And I decided that there was a certain rule that I didn't need to follow. And so I just decided, and I rebelled. And, and man, I can't even remember what it was now, but I know I got into all kinds of trouble. And my dad took me in the bedroom for a little talking to. You know what I'm talking about? And somehow I decided that I was better than what my dad was saying, but I knew all along deep down inside that I was wrong and he was right. He said, Larry, you know what needs to happen. And I knew what was going to happen, and it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter how much I cried. It didn't matter how much I tried to negotiate with him. When my dad decided that punishment needed to be meted out, guess what? He was very cold and calculating about it. He wasn't emotional. It wasn't anything wrong with it. He just knew that this is what needed to happen. And the wrath of dad would come. And it came down upon me in that moment. And the reason I remember that situation was after it was over, dad looked at me and he said, now, son, I'm going to let you sit here in the bedroom for a little while. And you can kind of think about your attitude and what this is all about. Well, I did that. I sat there, and I started thinking about a few things, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run away. I'm just going to run away. You ever felt like running away? That's what I'll do. I'll just run away, and I'll have my own life, eight and nine years old as I was. And so, but then I sat there, and I thought, well, that's, that's going to really take a lot. You know what I think I'll do? I'm going to hide in the closet, and I'm never going to come out. Never going to come out. I'm thinking, you know, how practical is that? But here, here I was, and, and, and I got to tell you something here, and, and please excuse this for a moment, but your sanctuary and platform reminds me of that closet. You're thinking, wow, what kind of house did you live in? That's a pretty big closet. But this is a big version. It, it was a closet that had three levels to it. You know, one of those closets where if you walk in, there, there's all the clothes hanging up. And then there was a, a part that was in the middle, and it was up on this level. And, and you could put, you know, you could just store a lot of stuff up in there. But what was really cool about it was, 
It even had a higher level where all these instruments are up here. So this represents the highest level of that closet. And I decided instead of running away, I'm just going to hide away forever in that big closet in our house. And so that's what I did. I went all the way up to the top, and I sat here at the top, and I sulked, and I sulked, and I felt sorry for myself and all that. And pretty soon, guess what I heard? I heard Dad's footsteps coming into the bedroom. Boy, was he shocked when he didn't see me. <laughs> What's happened here? He knew exactly where I was. He came into that room. He came over to the closet door, and he walked in. He said, Larry, are you in here? Yep, I'm in here. He said, son, I don't know what you're doing in here. Can we talk for a little bit? I said, sure, sure. He walked in past the clothes. He didn't just stand. This is what's so special. He didn't just stand down there. He came up clear to where I was sitting, feeling sorry for myself. And he sat there right in front of me. He got in that middle level, and he sat down. That wasn't really easy for an adult to do. It wasn't that big. And he sat down, and he looked at me, and he said something like this. Son, I want you to know that I love you too much. I love you too much to just leave you the way you are. I, I love you too much to allow you to get away with doing what you know is wrong. And he said, you know, Jesus has a great plan for your life, and, 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 I, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you focus on that. But I love you too much to just leave you the way you are. And you know what I thought of? All these decades later, I thought, how like our loving, compassionate, gracious, heavenly Father who loves us too much to leave us just the way we are. Praise his name. Praise his name. You know, I hear, I, I hear people say every once in a while something like this, and I understand this. Our God is, is two things at the same time. Our God is a God of love, and our God is a God of wrath. But I always thought, you know, there's just something that maybe isn't totally quite square with that. Because, you know, First John says, God is love. Just simply, God is love. And I saw this statement the other day that just kind of brings all of this together. And, and, I, and I love this, and I'm challenged by this. And I quote, the fierceness of God's wrath is a function of the fierceness of his love. You see, he's, he's, he loves us too much to allow us to get away with sin. He loves us too much to allow us to be the way we are. So he sent his son Jesus to do something about it. Praise his name. I like the way Paul celebrates it. Titus 3, 3 through 5. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Does that sound like our day? 
man, there's so much anger and, and hatred in our world. But listen to what it says here. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. You see, God's mighty acts, you see it here. David's taking it all in. He realizes that he's serving a God that wants to have compassion for his people. But also, I want you to notice companionship with us. Companionship with us. Verses 18 and 19, I love these. The Lord is near. That's a key word. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. You know, what we really have here is a prayer promise. Look at, look at what it says here. I, I, I love this. I want you to say this. With, I'm going to say it once, and we'll say it a couple times together. Friend, you can take this truth to the bank. He's near and he hears. Can you say that with me? He's near and he hears. One more time. He's near and he hears. You know, there's something about repetition. This reminds me, and I guess this passage of Scripture, when I see verse 4 there about one generation commending Christ to another, it, it takes me back to the family. I remember mom and dad, they would gather us around, and we would have what we call family devotions. And Dad got out what used to be called Come Ye Apart. I think it's called Reflecting God Now. And it's a devotional book put out by the general church. And, and, and Dad would read Come Ye Apart to us. And all of us little kids, Larry, Beverly, Judy, Patty, and Donnie, we would all say the same prayer. You know, we, we had awesome prayers in those days. You know how our prayers went? Dear Jesus, bless Mommy, Daddy, Judy, Patty, me, Beverly, and Donnie. Amen. And all five of us would do that. Can you imagine after a while, it was like, dear Jesus, bless mommy and dad. And some of us would put our head down and we'd mumble it. But every day, I'd see dad move over closer so he could hear us while we were praying. And you say, well, why, this, why all that repetition? You want to know why? Repetition. Repetition is one of life's greatest teachers. It really is. And, and you see what was happening in all those times that we were repeating those prayers. And parents, I encourage you to do this with your kids because what happens is over a period of time, over and over again, the truth starts to come out. We serve a God who's near and he hears. He hears the prayers of his people. He, he loves us too much to leave us the way we are, but also he hears the prayers of his people. Why the repetition? We always learn, always, always live for Jesus. It's the only way to really respond to God's mighty acts. I, I can see David just in one of those moments just taking all of this in. Compassion for us. Companionship with us. But I also want you to notice, oh, I love this. His care for us. Look at verse 20 there. The Lord watches over all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. Man, I look at that passage and I go, that's pretty blunt, isn't it? Allow me today to introduce you to my scripture. Speaking of content, speaking of contrast, let me introduce you to 
my scripture. You say, what do you mean your scripture? Psalm 1 is my scripture. And uh, Pastor Travis and Pastor Chappelle and maybe some others here could relate today. When you stood before the general superintendent, I remember a number of years ago, Southwestern Ohio District, 1984, ordained in the Church of the Nazarene, and they marched us into holiness under the Lord, and we sat down on the front row, all of us ordinands, and Dr. V.H. Lewis stood up, and he started to preach the message, and he got up, and he read Psalm 1, Psalm 1, and then as only Dr. Lewis could do, he stared at all of us ordinands there on the front row, and he said, now all you ordinands, I want you to know that from now on, Psalm 1 is your scripture. Well, I thought if the general superintendent said it's my scripture, I better take it seriously, and you know what I did? Starting the next day, I started memorizing Psalm 1. You know how I did it? I went out to the high school track near where we lived. District assembly was over. I went out to the high school track. I had a New Testament with me. Not every day you take a New Testament to the high school track. I'm out there all by myself. I read verse 1 and I ran a lap. I read verse 2 and I ran a lap. I read verse 3 and on and on. And by the sixth lap, I was worn out, but I was on my way to memorizing Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is a psalm of contrast, just like this 20th verse here. Listen to how it goes. Here's what I've memorized. Blessed is the one. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law night and day. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. Here's the contrast. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. What a contrast. The righteous versus the unrighteous. It's, it's another reason. Friend, listen carefully. It's another reason why I want to always live for Jesus. Know what I'm saying here this morning? I want to live, I want to live under his tender care, not under some fear of judgment. I don't want to just live life uh, cloistered away in some kind of closet of shame. I want to live my life before him in such a way that people can know Jesus Christ. I want to live in a realm of his forgiveness and the fullness of his spirit. And so I can celebrate. I can continue to celebrate with David when he closes the psalm or opens with these words. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one 
can fathom. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The worship team's going to come at this time. I want to pray with you for a few moments. We're going to sing together, and we're going to do a couple of things before we leave here today. The worship team is coming. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for your great word and how it speaks to our hearts. Oh, Father, I'm thankful that we don't have to live life in, in, in any kind of in any kind of shame at all, but we serve a God who loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And we celebrate family today, and we celebrate uh, generations of people who, who have loved you and who have encouraged us in so many ways, and we're so grateful for your grace today. Praise your name. Always, always live for Jesus. Hey, I gotta tell you something. I discovered something a couple of weeks ago. Carol and I were out for lunch. As we were sitting there, we were sitting there, my phone buzzed. And Ed and Sharon and Carol, it was our granddaughter, Bailey. Her name came up on my phone. She's 12 years old. She's a sixth grader. She called and she said, Papa, I was wondering if you could come down here to Nashville and you could baptize me on Easter Sunday morning. I'm going to be baptized. Papa, would you come and baptize me? And I said, you know where we're going to be. It's Nashville on Easter Sunday. You better believe it. Sometime around that time, I, I, I got a text. My phone buzzed and I looked and it was my grandson, Gavin. He's a freshman there at Westerville Central High School. And he, uh, we were talking sports or talking something and he said, we we're gonna see each other later in the week and he's just so kind, says, Papa, I love you, I'll see you later in the week. And then as I was putting my phone away, the phone buzzed one more time. And, and you know what Gavin wrote in the text? He said, get this. Oh, I love this. He wrote, always live for Jesus. And all of a sudden I realized that, that when this fourth verse is talking about uh, commending Christ from one generation to the other, yes, it's about the older talking to the younger, but guess what? It's also about the younger encouraging the older generation. 67-year-olds like me, Hearing a 14-year-old say to me, Papa, always live for Jesus. That's faith coming full circle, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's what this is all about. We, we live, we encourage from one generation to the other, living it and, and, and deciding that we're going to talk about it to anybody that we possibly can, living the truth so that the world can know our great God. Thank you, Father, that you're still speaking to us old folks, but you're also speaking to the young people. Thank you, Father, for children and grandchildren who are living to serve you and to stand up for you right where they learn, right where they're with their friends. Oh, God, 
The children are here today. The youth are in this congregation today. Oh God, I pray you'll raise up a mighty army of young people who will just decide, you know what? We're going to come out of the closet of shame and we're going to decide that Jesus is Lord and we're going to allow him to fill us with his spirit and we're going to go from here and do great things for Jesus right where we live and learn. Lord, I pray it will be so. I pray it will be so. God bless you. Shall we stand? We're going to, this is a, another new one, but it's a great one and hope you can catch on as we, as we sing together.